Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. Um, This week is a solo episode. I'm going to do a little catch up with you. As you know, if you listen to the previous um, episodes or if you are on my Patreon account, you would have seen that I had to go back to the dentists again, quite a few dentists actually, um, to get some more work done on my teeth. Um, And if you're new to the podcast, um, a slight recap, I had an accident a few months ago and my teeth uh, have needed kind of constant work really since. Um, So I had to go through a couple of surgeries the last few weeks and see specialist. Um, So it was quite intense. So I took some time to go through all of that. Um, And yeah, not an easy process, uh, very invasive. I think your teeth and your back are always very much maybe like the most delicate parts of our body. Um, You know, having stuff like I had to have files stuck into the root, the canals, like the nerve canals of my teeth, which was really intense. Um, and having like a butterfly clamp on your mouth with a big like bandage kind of across your face. Uh, it was super crazy. Um, so all of that went on. So I am going to fill you in today on just a couple of little adventures that I was able to get to in the last couple of days. And also the one I'm going to go on this weekend, which is very exciting. And I'll also fill you in on the bees and the veggies. And um, I hope you will enjoy today's session. And if you like it, give it a share. And if you are a patron, thank you so much. Um, Every uh, donation makes a huge difference to my work and that I can keep this going and also keep looking for more nature people to get on the podcast. So I have some really, really interesting people that I may be able to get on in the next while. Um, so I would love your support. So if you can think of it as like a price of coffee or a cake. Um, and it means everything to me. And you can just do it as a once-off donation or monthly. And you can cancel it at any time if you don't feel like you're getting value. So thank you for listening and let's get going. So one of recent places I visited in Cork was the Gira and the Gira is located near McCroom and it is a biodiversity hotspot. It's absolutely amazing. And I had actually read quite a few articles on it online and in the paper about the Gira being this like flooded forest. And one person told me like it's very sad because all you see are tree stumps everywhere. And other people had said that it was very potent land. Um, so I decided to venture there and it was absolutely stunning like I felt like I had gone back to Australia and I was in the swamplands because it was all marshland wet bog um, loads and loads and loads of flowers like the diversity of flowers was amazing tons of mint mint everywhere I was just picking loads of mint and bringing it home bumblebees and honeybees everywhere and just getting lost amidst all the trees and the pathways and the trails and loads of meadow sweet. Amazing. Uh, it was actually just divine. And these old boreen as well that you could walk through. And it 
and then like water on each side and like the moment in Ireland we have like 30 degree heat 25 20 well for me it feels like 30 (laughs) it's so hot and just walking along the pathways with this heat and the sun and then eventually went down another trail and found like this kind of lookout hut into the marshlands and noticed like loads of bees up there of course noticed bees (laughs) could hear them And eventually decided to walk up the stairs. It looked a bit dodgy, to be honest. And there was a big sign on the door being like, you know, don't enter a broken floor. But of course, my curiosity always leads me to the places. And um, like had a look in and there was actually like, like I'd say two or three sets of bee colonies in the walls of the hut. Um, And it was like a lookout post. So it was actually amazing. It was so cool. And I felt so like, blessed to have found bees you know in the wild and really cute um and then as well had a gorgeous swim in the lake and yeah just getting lost in all the trails and like the history there goes back to glacial times again um so what I read was that it was an actual forest and then it got flooded basically um but I presume the root systems underneath like it's pretty intelligent wise place because there's so much biodiversity there and it's actually protected land as well which is amazing like it's a nature reserve um so if you get the chance to go there definitely definitely go um another place i ventured to recently was the nair valley as part of the Cumara range and I actually went there with a friend of mine and we ended up meeting um, a larger group um, kind of a little bit through the hike. We were able to um, meet up with them and it was really, really, really lovely day out. Um, We actually thought it was just like a lower kind of valley trek, but it ended up being like climbing up the mountain, up gullies, which was pretty intense. Um, and we actually found a lake on top of the mountain. There was actually a few lakes, a few different lakes. And me and my friend, we decided to go for a swim. But because it's like bog land up there and loads of heather, we started to walk in and within like two steps, we fell into the bog. Like our legs, my leg went the whole way down and I couldn't get out and all I could do was laugh. I fell over my own self laughing because we just couldn't move like we were stuck. Obviously, like we found it really funny, but I actually think it's quite dangerous. Like I think there's some kind of um, danger associated with swimming in lakes and stuff like that. So just always be careful because you don't know the footing underneath. And we didn't know because it was actually black kind of basalt, strong rock. And then the ground just totally changed. It just became like a sinking trap. So you could definitely sink and have some sort of danger there. But luckily, um, we weren't alone by that stage. So we had, you know, we were fine. We got out. So it's just a lesson to never go on your own. But <laughs> we had so much fun. And there was just kind of these black minerals all over us, which we believe are very good for our bodies. Um yeah so it was amazing so it's called the Nair Valley loads of heather across the mountains loads of bees like the, the heather is flowering at the moment so loads and loads of bees um 
and bilberries. So as part of Lunasa, um, I suppose, celebration, like we are now entering autumn. Um, well, we have entered autumn, so everything is like energy wise going back into the ground. But the bilberries were a big symbol in the old Celtic times of Lunasa and the Celtic celebration and uh, bilberry picking was like a harvest a harvest kind of gathering together thing um so it was really nice to go up the mountains and eat blueberries you know um wild ones and they were delicious so our hands were all red as we were coming down the mountain um but the only thing i'd say is if you are going up the mountains like the midges were absolutely terrible like we got eaten alive and anytime we needed to stop, say if there was a slower hiker, uh, we were just eaten alive, eaten alive. So if you're going up the mountains at this time of year, make sure to bring something to protect you because that was not enjoyable. And then at one point we got to see a wild goat, which was really funny, just climbing the side of the mountain on the edge. Loads of wild sheep and we got to climb a gully, which was like vertical pretty intense like big boulders the size of chairs we'd climb up on um so you wouldn't want to expect a landslide or anything <laughs> but it was loads of fun and um yeah then up the very top there was like loads of bog kind of land again really nice to see it so protected like you could walk on this black boggy turfy land and very like bouncy almost you know it just again is that reminder that our earth is so different in all different places um depending on the mineral content and yeah how much carbon is there and it's just amazing to witness all the different colors and we actually got to see um a waterfall as well on our day way down which was amazing it was like dropping down the side of the mountain and i got to like by that stage I was roasted up in the mountain so I just threw my head into it and um, on the final way back then we came back a different way and we were able to go across these um, boarded walkways uh, which were quite cool so you could like run down them really skinny walkways and it was quite fun. Um, so yeah all in all a beautiful day out. So another place I ventured to later this week like a last minute adventure was out to Shirkin Island off of Baltimore. And it is such a special day. Now, I only went there for like not even 24 hours. My friend has a house there. The house is about 400 years old. It is insane. Um, but it was a crazy adventure because we drove down there in the evening. Like the car was like 28 degrees. I was nearly passing out. I was like pouring water over my head. Um, I'm just not built for the heat at all. I love the heat, I love the sun, it's amazing to have the sun, but I just don't cope well. <laughs> I have to keep going in the cold, you know. Um, I don't know if you feel the same out there who's ever listening, and I'm not complaining. I love the sun, but my body just doesn't react very well. Um, unless I'm in the sea, the seaside, you know, if I'm in the sea, I'm fine. So yeah, so we, I went down there with my friend in the evening and we went to this old house. But like, unfortunately, it was funny because when we got to Baltimore, we were kind of rushing to get on the ferry and she left her phone up in the car and we got over to the island. She was like, oh my God, my phone. So I actually had to go up to the house myself. 
and she had to go back to the mainland and she came back then a couple of hours later but it was just funny that I ended up venturing along up to the house and I opened the door and I was like oh my god like an old stove old walls old wooden bedrooms like uh, it was just amazing all the oldness of it you know um really felt like going back to a long long time ago um so I was so hot by that stage after the drive down because it does take a few hours between the boat and the car and all that um so I actually got my snorkel gear straight away and I headed down to a beach called horseshoe crab and of course I met absolutely nobody absolutely deserted and I went up the Boreen, a small road if you're not Irish, and I actually saw like thousands of insects. Like that island was just booming with insects. It was insane. Um, and I actually saw this dragonfly as well, this blue, gigantic, like massive, like I, I have never seen one that big, like bigger than my middle finger, Um, huge dragonfly. And I was just like, gazing at it and trying to follow it down the road because I never saw something so brightly colored and shiny in Ireland like I've seen them in Australia these like blue morpho butterflies but I hadn't seen these um in Ireland um so if you've seen one let me know because I was just full of excitement to actually witness this beautiful insect um and then I eventually got down to the horseshoe crab which was rocks and loads of different seaweeds and loads of these like old cottages just surrounding me on the hilltops filled with heather and overgrown bushes and ivy and it was just amazing and I went in diving for a while and snorkeling and just getting lost in the seaweeds but then there was a seal there and because I was alone it was kind of night time well evening you know eight o'clock or something I was a little bit cautious you know not that the seal is going to do anything but Nobody knew where I was, so I just thought if anything happens, I might just keep this swim quick, you know, you just don't know. So I ended up wandering a little bit and having a look at the houses, uh, the old, old houses, amazing to see them, um, and eventually meeting my friend again that evening, and we went wandering under the moon, and the moon, the big, big moon, because we had a full moon yesterday, so the big moon was out, and we did like some moon bathing, and just wandering the island, and we called into the pub as well, which we had like two people in it um, and a couple of people outside. But not much happened there, like really chill, really relaxed, real island life and just a couple of people on bicycles. Um, so it was lovely. And again, we just wandered back home again after the sunset while the sky went pink and purple and blue and magical and then the moon was rising over the ocean there near the Baltimore beacon and it was just insane like beauty and then like the next day we got up and we kind of just took in the sun in the morning from the beautiful garden in front of the house and and we did some breath work which was amazing the alternative alternated um nostril breathing which is really potent for your lungs and nitric oxide. So I kind of guided us through some of that, which was really potent. Um, so great to start the day with a bit of breath. And yeah, we just went wandering again that day. We went to Trawbon, which was the big beach, and we brought all our snorkel gear. We called into the old church on the way. We found an island house, which had like little boats out the back and loads of little cute things and 
fairy lights and little forests and oh, everything was just very cute and kind of old worldly you know unique um so yeah and then they had like a sink which i thought was really cool and there was like a glass bottle as the tap so the water would come out the glass bottle the bot the bottle of wine or whatever it was which was really cool um and then we eventually made our way to trawbon which was a big big kind of curved white beach um however there was like a slight chill on that day there was nobody there we took off out snorkeling we were with shoals of fish um and then there was some bigger kind of flat fish i don't know where they sold not sure black kind of color uh, brownie kind of but absolutely amazing i love swimming through fish under the water it's real feeling of um i suppose you kind of lose sense of your body you know it's it's real sensory experience um and yeah we had loads of fun there but we got we were frozen after our swim so i was trying to run around the beach and do yoga because i normally don't shiver at all after the sea but i think we had been in there too long snorkeling and you know when you dive down as well to the base floor of the ocean it's like it can be really cold down there um so then after we headed on and explored the ice cream truck we found a truck that had homemade ice creams so we enjoyed the cookies and cream ice cream again the like it, there was no um card machine so we were like sparing our little change with us and we had to share the ice cream <laughs> but then we eventually got to the hostel where there was like a cafe which we were so stunned by we were like there's a cafe we couldn't believe it um so we had like a bit of cake and um hot drinks and they had loads of teepees there they had like polytunnel with like tons of basil tons of misuna kind of lettuce loads of delicious things the polytunnel was like my favorite i just got lost in there but then it was too hot so we had to leave <laughs> um yeah but overall just the most magical island ever um and then of course you have the silver strand which is another big big beach which was packed i kind of enjoyed the trawbone because there was nobody there and then you have cow strand which is a bit smaller um but a really special place and it seemed as if the hostel had a lot more people you know staying there than anywhere else like everywhere else we were walking there was nobody um so it was really special so if you've never been shirking head out there and stay for a couple of days because it's a super magical place and this weekend just out of nowhere um i won tickets to go to county clare to go rock climbing in the burren and yoga on the cliffs so that just happened last night which i'm really excited about um i can't actually believe it that i've actually won tickets so i need to get myself organized <laughs> um for like camping and all that jazz totally totally last minute so that needs to be organized um but really excited but if you've ever tried rock climbing um or bouldering let me know um i've done bouldering once i think indoors but i've never done the outdoor so i'm really excited and i'll be sure to let you know on instagram um how that goes and with regards to the farm there's been loads going on um 
food wise it's massive harvest time loads of abundance i have so much vegetables and fruit my grapes have officially turned purpley red absolutely delicious i have cucumbers and vines all over the place i have green beans that have like I've so many greens beans that some of them I missed some of them are like the length of my calf like they got so long because it's so hard to pick them all and see them all because they're hiding in the vines um and just yeah just so much like beetroots and carrots and parsnips the parsnips are amazing and the cauliflowers have come up the broccolis have come up my sunflowers have opened um it's just amazing like the garden at the moment is amazing everything is just flourishing and I don't know if I mentioned on here before but my farm box had been robbed a few times and I stopped putting veg in for like a week or so I just didn't see the point in digging and packing and weighing and wrapping and because I was just putting it out and there was no you know I wasn't getting any money for my work and it's really nice that people are honest about it. So I started putting them back in again and there has been money in the box. So thank you so much to everybody who's supporting me with that and the vegetable boxes and the honey. Um, regarding the bees, the bees are all doing fantastic. I had um, one or two colonies where I didn't see any eggs. So I was a little bit worried um, that there was no queen or the queen wasn't laying so I actually gave those two colonies eggs from other hives so that if there is no queen they'll be able to make a queen out of the eggs um, and if you've been to my workshops you'll know this because they will build the queen cell out of like a one two three day old cell so I've given them newly freshed eggs from another queen and I've checked one of the hives and there are queen cells so it looks like they had no queen so hopefully things will work out. I'll have to monitor them. Um, also yesterday I had um, a Be Wild kids group and it was absolutely amazing. So many kids came. I think I had about 12 people or something. And we were all out in the clover field on our knees looking at the thousands of bees all around the place. And I was explaining to all the people that because the clover is in flower right outside the hives, they're having a great time. They're having a field day that the honey will now change flavor to more clover taste and just reminding people that when things are in flower like the flavors change of the honey um and just to let anybody know who's listening if you're local i do have well my own honey is practically gone um i might have like a couple of jars but it's basically well just about nearly gone <laughs> Um, you may get one off me if you contact, but I do have heather honey, which I tell people is like our manuka, really potent, full of antioxidant. It's a superfood. You can look up all the articles online about heather honey. It's amazing. So if you're looking for that, for some real medicine, let me know and I can try to keep you a jar if I have some. And I also have creamed honey, which is amazing, um, super different consistency and you can have it on toast and you can have it with goat's cheese and it's divine. And I also have a multi-floral honey. Um, again, a summer honey, which I have from another beekeeper. Um, because my own, obviously I don't have enough hives to keep the stocks up. So I just, I get some extra. And I like to be honest about it as well. And what I tell people as well is, um, local is amazing, obviously. But remember as well in Ireland, our forage and our landscapes are very similar. 
unless it's like the heather honey obviously the heather is different and the ivy is different but like regarding multi-floral like all the bees are going to be on the same crops no matter where they're all going to be on the blackberry sycamore lime trees whatever it is um it's the same forage you know it's not like the bees are coming in it's not like it's from spain and it's different ecology and all that jazz so just to be aware of that as well like local and not so local like I wouldn't call another beekeeper is not so local because it's still the same crops Ireland is the same crops um so it's just important to note that as well um I do have a bee wild workshop next Tuesday night a sunset session uh which is exciting um so if you do want to come to that message and um we'll see if there's a space available um yeah and regarding well, yeah, regarding the bees at the moment, I suppose we're into mid-August now. So the honey crop is kind of finished, really, in terms of like what most beekeepers would do and, ex- and take it off the colonies. Um, and I suppose the next thing that would happen would be the ivy, which would come in towards autumn. But most beekeepers would stop kind of taking honey at some point after the blackberry. You know, they'd be taking it off now and the heather as well. They'd be taking the heather off now. Um, so as well with the heather, if you weren't aware that the beehives are actually out on the bogs, like the heather that I have, the beehives are out in the bogs up in Tipperary where they have all that heather. Uh, we don't really have much in Cork. Well, where I live, we don't anyways. Um, so that's that's what that's how you get like a unifloral honey is that they're feeding off one crop. Um, so that's pretty interesting. So I got the monthly on Baccarat as well, which is the Beekeeper magazine. And I thought I'd just read a little section of it for any of you uh, beekeeping enthusiasts or if you'd like to learn more. So it just says here that August in the apiary can be a daunting time for beginners. Lots of jobs that you might not have faced before. Preparing for winter is the main objective this month. There's not much we can do for the bees during the winter other than feeding, so it's important to get them in the best shape possible now to give them the best chance of survival. This is the biggest and hardest job you will face this month, honey crop removal. After the honey is removed, it's plain sailing thereafter. For this, you will need to choose a method of removing the bees from the super. Personally, I use the porter bee escapes as they're very easy to use. I also like to bring a bottle of Bee Quick with me because the autumn and things don't go to plan. Like if you put the bee escape on upside down, there's a hole in the box. The bees can get through. There will be bees left in the super. A few sprays of Bee Quick on a cloth at the top, just under the crown where we get the bees to leave the super within 10 minutes. Bee Quick smells like almonds and the bees hate that smell, so they do their best to get away from it. As soon as the honey crop is removed from the hive, it will have to be extracted or it will crystallize. It will take a lot longer to crystallize if it is ripe, though, so make sure that the honey is capped before you remove it. A handy test is if you get a frame from the super that is not capped yet and shake it. If the honey drips out, then it is not ripe yet and you should leave it in for another while. If the honey stays put, then it's ready to be taken off. The chances are, being a beginner, you don't have your own extractor, but if you contact the local association, you can get one. Feeding. Bear in mind that you are removing the bees' food supply for the winter. It's very important to give them something back in return and as thanks for their hard work. If your bee was to collect a jar of honey on her own, she would have to fly the equivalent of three times around the work. 
oh, I presume it means around the world. They just put the wrong word. Around the world to produce a pound jar of honey. So we give them a good feed of sugar syrup to compensate for the honey removed. It's vital that the syrup we give them is mixed at a 2-1 ratio. This makes it easier for the bees to get the syrup to a state that they can consume. Varroa control. You must treat for varroa no matter what the mite drop is. You should use a treatment such as Apigard or Apivar or any other chemical based treatment and treat again with Apiboxyl in the winter. You could use a different treatment every year. The directions of use come with the treatments and are different for each. It needs to be 15 degrees Celsius to work properly. And Apiboxyl can only be used when there's no brood in the hive, hence why we use it in the winter. When using Apigard, one tray is put in first and left for two weeks before the next tray is put in. This is to allow the brood to hatch and any varroa that might have been feeding on larvae will now be unprotected and can now be eliminated by the second tray. It's slightly different in that the whole treatment is put into the hive straight away and left for four weeks. Then the surface is scratched and it is left for another four weeks. So basically the jobs for August are honey crop removal, feeding, varroa treatment, apiary cleanup for the winter and making sure each hive has a queen. So folks, yeah, it's real end, not end of the, well, it is end of the season, but it's a real crucial time for the bees to ensure their survival through winter. Um, and yeah, to, to allow them, like my principle when taking honey is like, I will only take it if they're surplus. And even if, if the bees are really like upset or agitated, like I'm not taking honey off them. I just, I don't think it's fair. I always like to do it in a just way um, so that like even, you know, it's like everything in the world, like everything we buy, we consume or it's a whole chain of actions. And I want my primary action to be just like as in the, the other week, like I took a, a frame of honey and I literally the bees, there was, they were so gentle. They did nothing. There was only about 10 bees and I just shook them and they did nothing. There was there was no vibrational change nothing but then like two weeks ago I took honey off a different hive and they got very upset so you know it's all um it's all it all depends on the hive and the queen you know so I'm hoping now my two hives will get queens even though it's kind of late in the season but I'll, I'll find another solution if that doesn't work and I might be able to get a tiny bit more honey I'm going to have a look again next week and that'll be it and maybe I won't take any. But I wanted to wish you all a beautiful weekend. I'll be sure to update social media about this climbing expedition. I'm so excited. It's going to be women in the outdoors. So it'll be fantastic. And um, if you like this episode, give it a share. And hopefully I'll have lovely interviewee next time. Um, and if you can support me and all of this work, I would love to have you um, on as a Patreon and think of it as a price of coffee and it just helped me to keep this work going. It can even be just a couple of euros or a once-off donation because um, it is part of my work week and an important part. Um, so thank you so much and love and light to everybody out there. Ciao!